The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. Some of you listeners will already know that I am decided to uh, finish the show in uh, three weeks' time from today, August the 20th. It's been five years, uh, 200, more than 250 shows, and I'm feeling somewhat saturated with information, and now I'm just going to go and live it and be it and allow everything to unfold. The good news is Voice America have uh, decided to keep the show's archives up for a period of time, and so you can still listen to all of the shows uh, that have been presented over the last five years, many of which, 200 of which, are still regularly um, accessed. So all those shows are still available to you. They're not going to close those down. And I'm finishing on a really high note <laughs> with two wonderful guests, Norma Tarango today, Steve and Barbara Rother of lightworker.com next week. And I'm going to do my own show to, to bring everything to completion and closure on August the 20th. Uh, Norma Tarango is a wonderful woman who does great work down in the Santa Fe area with the Landscape Zodiac there, and I had the great pleasure of working with Norma over the week of the Grand Cross, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the uh, Landscape Zodiac of uh, northern New Mexico shortly, but there's a lot more to speak about with Norma, and Norma, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you so much, and thank you for everything you've been doing all these years to increase awareness for us all, Peter. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That's wonderful. Thank you very much. So, Norma, it's always useful for our listeners to get a bit of a sense of the person on the show. So perhaps you could tell us a little bit about how all the awakening journeys worked out for you. I grew up on the El Paso Juarez border in a multi-ethnic, multicultural dynamic. And that really influenced me a lot. It was native people, it was Spanish-speaking people, it was people from all kinds of uh, places and walks of life. And it set a tone for me in terms of wanting to explore my own native roots. My dad has some Comanche energy. Uh, He comes from some of that in his blood. And so um, I also pursued a lot of the healing from the, my mother's side as well, the healing remedies, the ways of being. So I was alternative from the time I was a little kid, <laughs> which was a very unique way to grow up. Um, I also was a child that grew up reading uh, mythology, uh, all kinds of stories. I love poetry, 
art, languages, and that influenced me as well. Um, I just have a natural bent towards the metaphysical. I have a lifelong investigative mythological perspective. Cosmology has always meant a lot to me. What is our place in the universe? And how are we as individuals, as as human beings, uh, citizens of the galaxy, living and creating our reality? So that's a brief snapshot, probably. Thank you. And part of that early on was the Hawaiian cosmology. So tell our listeners a bit about that. Very much. Um, back in 1992, I moved to Kauai thinking I was going to work more with uh, the plant kingdom, aromatherapy. I'd been studying it a lot and using it for many, many years. And uh, the Hurricane Aniki changed all of that. As a result, I was invited to some Hawaiian blessing ceremonies up at the Kokei State Park where Waimea Canyon is. And that's where the work of the cosmic architecture of the Hawaiian islands, the islands being seen as the body of the goddess, Pele, was revealed through an exhibit and through choreographed chants and hula. Now, prior to that, I'd been working with native people in the Southwest, Pueblo people, Hopi, Navajo. I'd attended many ceremonies. I was pleased to be part of a grandmother's project that was working with native women and finding out about their stories, their medicine paths, and things like that. So this wasn't new to me from the standpoint of ritual and ceremony, but was what was new to me was that I had never, ever been with ocean-going, sea-voyaging cultures. I was been land-based all my life. So their cosmology and the way that they view things, being island people in the middle of the largest ocean in the world – their cosmology, their their ways of being were utterly blown wide open to me and I fell in love and I was immediately mentored, the, the man who was giving the exhibit and looking at the cultural astronomy of the Hawaiian people, which is actually embedded in the hula chants and in their songs and in their um, huna, their philosophy of the the science of spirit and how it's practiced was all in there. So I called it performance astronomy just to wrap my my arms around it. And I began a 12-year journey of learning it, being absolutely welcomed by Native Hawaiian teachers, kumuhulas, navigators, poets, people who chanted their their, uh, oral literature as a form of navigation, and so that was what I did in Hawaii for 12 years. And how did that, and, and the, the goddess nature of the islands, uh, how did that then become central to the work that you do now? Well, again, because of all the work that I began, or that I had done, and all the ceremonies in the Southwest with matrilineal tribes and with people who focused on the feminine. Uh, and Hawaii is no different. The Ohana, the family unit in Hawaii, is seriously matrilineal, and many of their ways of being are guided by feminine principles and feminine wisdom. So this was just another layer of knowledge and learning that allowed me to participate. And I think I got more focused, actually, now that I you asked the question, I became much more focused on using the planet Venus as a framework of reference, the orbital patterns of Venus, Venus's the, uh, the 
archetype of the goddess of love and the feminine and goddesses around the world connected to Venus that I uh, grew even further into um, what I call the time of the feminine, feminine cosmology. And then that brought you back to uh, to Santa Fe eventually to what is now you now call the Venus Gate in Santa Fe. So explain a little bit about that to our listeners. That was a, an interesting serendipity that happened. I was consulting back and forth for a couple of years from about 2002 to 2004 with a group here in Santa Fe that was visioning a regenerative real estate project. And as a result of that, I wound up returning to Santa Fe. And one of the people that was introduced to me by a mutual colleague and dear friend introduced me to Peter Dawkins, who you have interviewed on your show as well, I think last summer in 2013. Yep. And we hired him initially to help us find out where the chakra system was on the land so we could orient our buildings correctly and have as much success with the proper orientation, the geomantic um, mapping out of the telluric forces of the land and build our buildings that way, which I can tell you a lot of people were going, scratching their head going, huh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> but it was um, sacred architecture and um, sacred geometry and working with the forces of the land to build anything um, in the spirit of that is something that my partners and I were very serious about. So that's how I met Peter Dawkins. And just for our listeners, Peter Dawkins is from England and has worked extensively with the what he would call the Shakespeare, Shakespeare Mystery School, but was trained as an architect and then brought all of this together, envisioning the, the landscape, and as you say, the chakra system, the tree of life, and so on. So then I guess you teamed up with him in a different way. I did. And Peter was being was coming to Santa Fe. I asked him what drew him to Santa Fe. And he said, well, actually, that the angels were calling him. There is no one that can that I've ever witnessed or had the pleasure of being with from a place of pilgrimage that can call the angels better than Peter Dawkins, I assure you. And so he was uh, um, a woman from here in Santa Fe was bringing him to Santa Fe at least for a month every year. So Peter was teaching the Wheel of Life, the Tree of Life. I attended those seminars and we found out very rapidly that we were connected very similarly through the level of mapping and what I was doing geomantically in the Hawaiian Islands and the incredible level of scholarship and knowledge and clear wisdom and love that he brings to what his work is in Europe as well. So we started collaborating and he taught me about the tree of life in the continental United States, the North American continent, as it uh, became grounded in him, as his mapping of it became more certain. So because he was coming to Santa Fe so much, it was natural and obvious that we would look for, as he would look for, the um, if there was a zodiac, uh, a landscape temple, if there was a natural inbuilt um, temple site there, much as there's the Glastonbury Zodiac, much as there's a, a star map of Britain, much as there's other zodiacs that inform other areas globally. 
And because I had the absolute advantage of having him here so much, we got to do that very easily, very dynamically. And um, I sat down with people who had been introducing to Peter as well and said, do you want to do this? And they said, yes. So now we're in our fifth year of pilgrimage. And that's wonderful. So you've actually done five years of your own pilgrimage within the Landscape Zodiac in northern New Mexico. Correct. So how how did you actually discern the points around the the Zodiac Wheel? Well, uh, using the Wheel of Life, which is maps out the cycles of nature that we follow all the time, the equinoxes, the solstices, the cross-quarter positions that allow us to understand the rhythm of nature and the seasons, we used that, Peter used that, to ascertain where the northernmost point was. And as a result, we could also grok where northern and, or I should say, uh, winter and summer solstices were based upon where winter happened in uh, northern New Mexico and, and worked the wheel that way zodiacally. In addition, the external wheel of the this Bias Caldera Zodiac is the proper name of this zodiac. Um, the mapping of the constellations uh, was also done. And what I love with modern technology is you can just take your cell phone out now and have not have to work so hard and have an <laughs> app that shows you what star system you're standing underneath, literally. So I know that Peter did it differently, but I've been using it to fine tune that. So that's how it came to be. And I think, and one of the one of the key spots is uh, Ghost Ranch in the northern position, where Absolutely. Peter Peter talked about the finger of God pointing down from Orion into into the landscape right there at the northern gateway. That's right, yeah. exactly. So, and that is also the point of winter solstice. So, to measure the wheel in a in a good way with the, the solstices uh, and the equinoxes acting as a medicine wheel, which is what the Native people use here and all Native people use at one point or another, the medicine wheel, then we could determine the center of that zodiac, which is a supervolcano, one of the six supervolcanoes in the world called Bias Caldera. So it was pretty easy to map after that. So, Norma, we're coming up to our first break, which we'll take now, and we'll return with Norma Tarango and talking about the landscape features, actually, of the globe eventually. It's Peter Mm -hmm. Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, 
challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. And indeed, if you do have any questions or you'd like to raise any point at all, do send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. PeterTongue.com is my website and my... uh, all the radio shows that I've done are there, listed uh, chronologically and alphabetically, and also our newsletters where we talk extensively each month about the Landscape Zodiac work that we have been doing. And that uh, actual newsletter is just about to come out now for the month of August. I have with me today Norma Tarango. And Norma, last weekend actually was one of those cross-quarter days you mentioned, so-called Lunasa or Lamas by some which is the cross-quarter day midpoint between the summer solstice and the fall equinox. So presumably you had some sort of gathering ceremony last weekend. We did. Uh, Several of us gathered to go to Hemisprings, which is that southwest part of the Venus Gate, the Vias Caldera Zodiac, that informs us this is indeed is the place to go. What, What we are learning as a group And we have new people coming all the time. We have the same people coming that have committed to pilgrimage as a way of mystical union between heaven and earth and our bodies and knowing that earth and the stars are communicating to us and informing us all the time. And there's this divine union happening through this pilgrimage process have been very attentive to the fact that when you look up and you and there's this this uh, constellation above us that you have to ask what have these native people been doing how have they been understanding their place and their role as indigenous people as indigenous wisdom keepers and so part of the work that i'm doing or that i will be doing in the future um, is opening up that conversation with more native wisdom keepers to find out how they, what the how their star knowledge works specifically in that place. There's native people that that um, have their pueblos, their their homes in this in in various portions of the Valles Caldera Zodiac. So it's even more uh, special and important that these pilgrimages be maintained so we're more aware of the star knowledge that has been there for hundreds if not thousands of years for us to access and have respect for where we're pilgrimaging and receive the benefits of that. 
if I remember rightly, the, a, a connection to Hermes Springs was with the Cygnus the Swan constellation. Is that right? Correct. Yes, that's right. And that was one of the big features of Peter Dawkins's work with uh, the Shakespeare. In fact, he he said on on his show, I remember that the reason that the Shakespeare plays and all that happened in Stratford was to take people on a pilgrimage without them necessarily knowing it to the Swan of exactly. Avon in the mm-hmm. landscape, the Cygnus Swan. And my favorite dances, I mean, I've been to many uh, social dances and blessing ceremonies within various Pueblos for years now. And I just was naturally, before I even found out about the tree of life being able to be manifested over an entire continent as a means to to understand the the psyche of a nation, the spiritual destiny of a land, before I knew any of that, I was drawn constantly to participate and attend the dances at Jemez Pueblo, which connects me to Cygnus in that way as well. So we find out things like that personally. We find things out cosmically. We can nest them in larger ways of viewing uh, our place in the world. And it's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I can feel that joy in your heart as you say that. <laughs> so so just uh, describe to our listeners uh, the place in Jemez Springs in terms of its natural beauty, because we had the opportunity to go there as well mm-hmm. uh, when we were down there. And it's such a beautiful spot. And it really exemplified for me this this landscape calling that is there waiting for us to work with it consciously and, and, and in honoring and loving the land there. But there's a lot of red rock and gypsum that create gateways, that create rites of passage into that particular land right there around Jemez Pueblo and Jemez Springs and the greater Jemez area. Um, A lot of people like to connect Jemez with Sedona because it's got a similar red rock landscape. And yet it's very different because there's a, a, a... a completely different set of coordinates there. So we drive through this incredible gypsum and red rock for many miles, and we turn into the place where the river is, and there are some um, tunnels that we drive through this incredible red rock, and we park on a gravel road to go down to a little place called the Guadalupita River. And it nests in between two canyons called Virgin Canyon and Nacimiento Canyon. And Nacimiento in Spanish means birth. So the land often plays out and gives you the dynamics and the model of what that particular pilgrimage point is in this instance between a summer solstice and a fall equinox. So things are ripening, a harvest is happening, we're rededicating ourselves to what we planted literally, figuratively, psychically, emotionally, spiritually. And the river nested in these two canyons uh, is a perfect place because of the water. And because you've been to New Mexico, you know how water is so precious to us here and in the high desert. You can flow with a different quality of, of dedication. And above you is Cygnus, and that is nested in the Milky Way. And there's a place in Cygnus called the Dark Rift, where many, many stars are born. And where many shamans say that there, that's a place to, to literally shamanically pass away and move into a greater quality of beingness. So all of this happens in a 
stack function coordinated way in this gorgeous landscape that uh, lets you know where you are is allowing you to tap into those things. That's a lovely description. Thank you, Norma. So also tell our listeners uh, what, what you actually did in ceremony generally and what is the significance and importance of doing ceremony in these places? This time, uh, sometimes I'll just lead the group in different ways. And this time, it felt really joyous. It felt like the energies were starting to turn on the planet, that the energies are being fostered in ways that feel like they're really going to ground and make a difference. And it's not even just in spite of all the stuff that's going on globally. It's just time for us to move forward, much as you are ending your years on radio serving us in this way. So I started by mentioning that we always call in the ancestors. We call in uh, people that, that need healing, people that we love, people that have passed recently in our lives. And we have an altar on the ground, and that altar is always the map of the Vias Caldera Zodiac itself. So for new people, I introduce them to where they are, why we're here, that doing pilgrimage is a way of having mystical communion between the heavens and the earth in your body and in your lives, that it creates a mystical biology, if you will, that allows you to access yourself in a more prayerful way and also in a fun way. So we do that, and this time I brought drums and we had rattles and um, someone had a and click sticks, I brought click sticks, because I was gifted with the process of playing the I Ching through the hexagrams as musical notes. Much as we did, Peter, when you and Zia and some other people here in New Mexico, when we gathered for the Grand Cross ceremony up at Hemis as well, that, that I introduced you to the I Ching and playing the I Ching through, through this process. And it had been gifted to me about a year ago. So we played it, the feminine magnetic hexagrams and the magnetic, I'm sorry, the dynamic male masculine side. And everybody just dropped in at another level. It was so powerful. So, Norm, what's really interesting about that, because I remember very clearly that us tuning into that rhythm of the two masculine mm-hmm. feminine energies of the of the I Ching, what you don't know is the very first show that I did when I got back to Victoria was with Richard Rudd, and he has put yes. together this incredible piece of work with the yes. 64 hexagrams and the 64 DNA codons of the I Ching. Yes, so I know talk about syn- well. Oh, okay, so <laughs> talk about synchronicity. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah, wonderful. So so um, in that sense, how does it affect the actual people themselves, people who are there when they're in that sacred ceremony? People always say that they are making relationship to themselves and to the land differently. A lot of people who have lived here a long time don't even know that that, that these places exist that we have found as the places to visit and continually build our spiritual power and our commitment towards and with. So that's a big takeaway for most people. The other thing is, is summer in Santa Fe or summer in New Mexico is fantastic. All the seasons are wonderful. And everybody loves this particular pilgrimage too, because it involves the water. We usually um, go and swim and play and 
and dance and hang out some more. But the river, we had so much rain this year that we wound up not being able to get in, <laughs> which was a blessing in and of itself because the river was just flowing so richly and hugely. But people come back in a different place. And I think it's wonderful to have local people, especially ones who've lived here a long time, like myself and others, have a connection that's connected to larger forces, like the Vias Caldera is the Venus Sephra that is then nestled inside the sacred geometry of a tree of life that is purposed by us saying the spiritual destiny of America is really why we are doing this ultimately. So, Norma, we'll talk about that when we come back after the break. But I just wanted to add that one of the great advantages I felt of doing all the landscape zodiac work in Victoria, as you've just said, in Santa Fe or in, in the New Mexico area, was mm -hmm. discovering all these beautiful sacred spots that we didn't even know existed. And still we, still we started looking for them and intuitively finding these connections under the exactly. stars. And then, wow, look at this place we never knew about existed. You know, it's wonderful, isn't it? It is. It opens up everything. Yeah, good. Okay, well, we'll go to break now and we'll return with uh, Norma Tarango and we'll be talking about the Grail Cup of North America and the Venus Gate of Santa Fe. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you considered yoga to promote balance in your life? Join host and senior Bikram yoga instructor Jim Callett for Yoga is Life Radio. On this show, we will show you that yoga is for anyone and everyone. Just as air, water, and life is for everyone, so is yoga for everyone. Yoga is totality, equilibrium, Union. Balance. Yoga is life. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. There are no limits to what you can do. Start a new direction in your life today. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Hey, 
Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you so much for joining us today. I just want to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors for this series of shows and many series of shows in the past, actually. Sherry Chase of Chase International Real Estate Company, beautiful Lake Tahoe and Reno, Nevada. And also to the people at Voice America, Brandy Jackson, my producer, Matt, my regular engineer who's with us today, for providing the opportunity for us to connect with wonderful spiritual experts from around the globe and one of those people today, Norma Tarango, joining us. So thank you to all of those people supporting us to bring this very, very important set of messages to you. So Norma, before the break, we talked a little bit about your most recent ceremony and and rituals. And so now let's talk a slightly bigger picture and let's talk about the whole Valles Caldera Zodiac and the Venus Gate and how that fits in to the North American Grail Cup. Okay. Well, as Peter Dawkins was mapping out the Tree of Life using the Rosicrucian method methodology of um, the Tree of Life, not the Kabbalistic one, but more the Rosicrucian one, that which which accents and advises where is the Grail Cup. We're looking for a literal uh, map, uh, a cup in the landscape itself throughout an entire continent. And this fascinated me because I had only islands in comparison to a whole continent to play with in Hawaii, and I knew what that took to to ground that and to look for, for solstices and cosmic uh, valences and everything in Hawaii, let alone here. So as that was coming to being, what it created was a... Uh, the sephiras, you got to see where the sephiras were located, these cosmic intelligences on the tree of life that represented the seven ancient planets uh, back in the day and still do. So Santa Fe is the threshold to the northern New Mexico Valles Caldera zodiac. It describes the position of the planet Venus as the Venus sephira, in this grail cup, if you put your hands together in a V shape with your just your palms touching and you form that V, where your where the where the V meets is the moon gate, which is around Houston, Texas. And where your left thumb would be would be Venus, and that is the northern New Mexico gateway. And then say where your uh, index finger is would be the Mount Shasta. Ashland, Oregon, location of the Jupiter Gate. On the right-hand side, where your right thumb is, the tip of your right thumb, that is the Mercury position in Nashville, Tennessee. We're following the planets. And then upstate New York, we think around New Lebanon, because a lot of these places haven't been physically mapped out yet, is New York. So that's the Mars Gate. If you look, if you just bring your hands together, say in a prayerful position, that line is the equivalent of the conception line in your body, the middle of your body. So there you have the moon gate in the bottom, where um, the middle of your hands are in this prayer. And this prayer hands would be the sun, which is Kansas City, and in North America we call Kansas the heartland. So it's another. Uh, example of how the land and how people just start to call their land and what it's about actually makes sense from within the 
the concept of a grail cup. So Kansas is the heartland sun, Sephra, and the say the tip of your fingers would be the Minneapolis area in Minnesota, and that is the Saturn Gate. So these so these planets in the formation of a Grail Cup create the basis for the Tree of Life. And this extends up into Canada as well, does it not? It does, and again, we haven't mapped that. If the the top three um, sephiras would be probably Canada, maybe even up to the North Pole, who knows? And the Earth, um, Malkuth, the Earth position is probably in Mexico somewhere. That is our supposition at this time. It would take a lot of people and, and time and energy to map all this out. So we are just grounding what the um, energy is of the Venus gate. And of course, that falls in with my love of the goddess, working with the divine feminine, working with concepts of feminine time that I learned in Hawaii with the navigators, and then positioning that uh, increasingly here. And you're in the perfect place for doing that. Exactly. And it would seem, if I just looking at my hands now in that uh, cup, that where I live in Vancouver Island is going to be pretty close to the top of that left-hand Sephiroth. I would say that it is the left-hand Sephiroth. I would say it's exactly the top of the pillar, and then there's Jupiter, and then there's Venus. And to me, uh, we have discussed this, the Nova Scotia, Halifax, around their position would be the top of that pillar, and then you would have Mars and Mercury beneath that. And in some ways, that ties in with uh, J.J. Hurtak's uh, descending dove over the landscape in North America, because two of his positions are Vancouver Island and Halifax, Nova Scotia, un under the wings of the dove. So exactly. th that would make sense, yeah. So, so in terms of that bigger picture, and obviously it's not fully identified or grounded, mm -hmm. in terms of what you're doing with the Venus Gate in um, Santa Fe, how, how do you work with that on this bigger scale? Well, initially, when I decided to take up the banner <laughs> and lead groups into and around the caldera, we also started teaching elements of Venus. I'm an astrologer. I'm a galactic astrologer. I'm an amateur, a cultural astronomer. And I wove those things together using the energies of the divine feminine to speak to, look at where we are. Santa Fe, the architecture, it's very soft. What is Santa Fe famous for? All things Venusian, art, dance, theater, humanities, writing, poetry. It just grew naturally into what it is today, a 400-year-old city that grounds the energy of the sacred feminine. And many people were amazed that that is how this landscape just grew up, cosmologically speaking, cosmically speaking. So I can drill down. I can bring it back up again. I have been fostering pilgrimages to Europe, to sacred sites of the feminine, working with the Magdalene, working with the Grail lines in Scotland and France, of which you are a part because you've done that as well. And just bringing the whole energy of the time of the feminine, the principle of the feminine, into its matrifocal place as we begin a new 26,000-year cycle. So the tree helps me do that by pointing to um, Santa Fe acting as a threshold to the Venus gate and all things Venus. So in a sense, you can say, if you accept this as a concept, that the northern New Mexico Valles Caldera Zodiac 
is the sephra, the Venus sephra, that holds the divine feminine in this continent. So just talk about the actual caldera itself for a moment. Mm -hmm. The caldera is ancient, ancient. As I said earlier, it's a super uh, volcano. And 34 tribes steward shrines on that land. It's about 90,000 acres, maybe more, something like that. It's a huge super volcano where various native peoples come and do ceremony very privately. It's also very close to Los Alamos National Labs, which is an interesting metaphor when you look at the star system that's above the heart of the Valles Caldera is Draco. <laughs> so there are people who say that, you know, Los Alamos as the site that built the bomb was operating from a more draconian intention. And then you have the adjacent energy of the Valles Caldera itself, which is a forested, massive landscape area. It used to be full of magma and fire, obviously, and still has a lot of fire underneath it, a lot of geothermal energy underneath, which is why you have geothermal springs and Hemis springs as well, that this is the heart that is holding the positive and the negative, the cosmos and the chaos in a unified field. It's not, it's not to be seen as a negative only or a positive only, but if we're really going to be conscious, my belief is we've got to work from a more unified perspective. We can certainly feel the draconian energy as you drive through Los Alamos. That was for yes, sure. Can. The little the little boxes where the uniform sentries are and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> on, on the other end of the scale in Santa Fe itself is that beautiful uh, gateway portal of Our Lady of Guadalupe right outside the mission in Santa Fe. Isn't that beautiful? And, the people and, of Mexico gifted that statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe, who is seen as a black Madonna in Mexico. And my mother and her mother and our family were Hispanic. We're always very, very close to Our Lady of Guadalupe. I used to go to, to church at her cathedral in Juarez, Mexico, all the time with my grandparents. So that even informs you at a young age, and, and it, it sometimes it just plays out the way it's played out in my life. So you just mentioned briefly your, your trip to uh, to Europe, and obviously, again, connecting with the sacred feminine, the Mary Magdalene energy in France. So just tell us a little bit about the journey to Scotland and France and what, what, uh, what came to you around that or what your intention was. Well, it's kind of funny when we, um, uh, some friends of mine and I, we decided that when we turned 60, we'd go do something exotic. <laughs> <laughs> so when it was my turn to be 60, which was almost two years ago, um, I wanted to go, I wanted to return to Scotland. I'd been there before a couple of times in France as well. And it wasn't until this summer that I could actually do it. And so I decided to take, uh, again, the interpentagonal grail map that Peter Dawkins has beautifully put together. And I followed the grail line that he offers geomantically throughout Scotland, the UK and into France. So two weeks in, in Scotland, uh, literally driving and navigating through these sites that you've been to as well, Mount Chehalion, the geomantic heart of Scotland, the River Tay, the Orkneys, the crown chakra of, of Scotland, the stories that attend to all that from Hyperborea, uh, the Avalonian mysteries, the Druidic mysteries, the Celtic mysteries, 
journeying to Isle of Sky and Iona and and really working with those energies from the framework of the feminine, the rose line, the grail line throughout Scotland. And then again, um, picking it up in France, continuing uh, after landing in Paris through Chartres and down into Bourges, which is the geomantic heart of France. Le Puy de Dome, Le Puy en Valais, down into the Rennes-le-Chateau, southern France, Pyrenees, culminating, Peter, in a fantastic all-day initiation into the Cathar Caves in the Pyrenees. Oh, wow. Well, you know, we'll take a, a final break now, Norma, and when we'll come back, we'll, we'll talk about that because it's just fascinating that I actually carried almost – the same journey, uh, including <laughs> England as well, last year with with uh, a small group of us doing very intentional work. So we'll we'll pick that up when we return after this break. Wonderful. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Be the change. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. I have with me today Norma Taranga, and we're having a fascinating discussion about landscape zodiacs, about the Tree of Life, the Grail Cup over North America, and now we're about to head over to Scotland and France. But before we do, Norma, just give our listeners uh, information about your website and anything that might be of relevance to, to them to, to connect with you. Well, this kind of work, you don't wrap your hands around overnight, so this is a 
25-year at least endeavor that has amalgamated itself hopefully pretty well in my website and it is galacticgnosis.com and gnosis is spelled g-n-o-s-i-s so uh, in there is the work that I do called wayfinding that has to do with my galactic story maps astrologically astronomically speaking the compass of the heart work which is all my landscape geomantic pilgrimages in northern New Mexico, in this country, and overseas, and in the Pacific, because I, I work in the Pacific still. And then there is um, what is called feminine time that speaks to what the uh, energy of the feminine is about, or what I feel is about, and what is it's uh, propelling us to come into greater awareness as we begin, as we create and bring forward the next 26,000-year cycle of our evolution. Great. Thank you. So just give us a little bit of a taster of your trip to Scotland and France. Just pick out a couple of examples of, of things that you were involved in there. Well, Roslyn Chapel for me is my most favorite chapel of all time. It's, it's constructed in a third-dimensional way, and it'll totally rearrange your DNA. <laughs> uh, and the, uh, the music and the cubes, you can practically hear them if you're attuned to it. So the, the geometries, the Venus matrix, is what Roslyn Chapel is all about. It's as if it were a keyboard that is played musically that creates a womb space um, of intention that deliberately exudes the energies of the feminine. And of course, the Orkneys, the Earl of Orkney and his line, the, the Sinclair line that built uh, Roslyn Chapel later on uh, was extraordinary for me. The prehistoric sites that rival Egypt and even exceed the timelines of what took place in Egypt was incredible. Scarabray, Mace Howe, the stones, Ring of Brogdar, what they're finding out, the connection to the Viking wisdom as well from that far north. Um, it was incredible to me. I fell in love with Isle of Skye, the fairy pools there. Uh, it was raining. I really didn't get to explore, but I, they're just phenomenal. And Iona, the place of the dove, is not to be missed. It is such an, a beautiful community. And I was pleased to learn after years of not being there that they're growing gardens, they're creating community, they're using the land and, and up-leveling it in a whole other way that fosters the consciousness that's been there for thousands of years as well. And that was Scotland for me, as well as getting to sit and speak with, exchange with Barry Dunford in the Aberfeldy area. He's no longer giving tours, but Barry is a font of wisdom around the, the grail lines and the lineages in Scotland uh, specifically. So that was Scotland. Um, and in France, um, Chartres is always gorgeous. We had an amazing time. We wound up going to a Holy Communion Mass there, didn't even know it was going to happen. Uh, there were refugees from Sri Lanka that were uh, doing their devotional procession there at that day. It was it was exquisite and, and very, very beautiful. As we drove down the Grail Line into 
uh, Le Puy en Valais, these volcanic cones where Mary and child, or the, the Blessed Virgin, the, the mother and child, I should say, standing overlooking all of Le Puy en Valais, much as Christ overlooks Rio de Janeiro, and then St. Joseph and child, and then another amazing chapel. That land is very um, enchanting to me, much as the volcanic energy of the dark side of nature, the dark side of creation, and by dark I mean the, the hidden mysteries of the feminine is profound there. So going down to Rennes-le-Chateau, of course, with its landscape, as you well know, that is all based on the Venusian five-pointed star geometries and what that landscape contains. So that was amazing. And the Red and White Springs are the same. They are akin to the Red and White Springs in Glastonbury. And the Red and White Springs that just appeared recently in Stewart Mineral Hot Springs, north of Shasta in Northern California. This so can I just interrupt for a second? So the Red yes. and White Springs in Renle Ban, are they in the the river that runs through the center of the town? They're in the source motherland, that is correct. They're in that area. And what is significant about these particular springs, Peter, is that it is said that the Magdalene baptized people here. Okay. Baptized people into the way of love, which of course is a lot of what the Cathar Church of Love, Legacy of Love, Way of Love is all about. Is the parfait, is the perfected ones. So it's interesting. So, I'm, I'm actually, I've been in that. I've lay down in that in that water, and mm -hmm. I felt I felt so uplifted for days afterwards. La Source and, Madeleine has a has a vibration to it that is exquisite, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm now going to Stuart Mineral Springs to stay for four days with a group of people, twelve people actually, in uh, the end of August. So. It's a really beautiful and neat connection with Glastonbury, the two springs. It's wonderful. So thank you for mentioning that. You're welcome. So now we are going to have these three sets of springs in our bodies. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And so the, so the final piece was the Cathar Caves. Yes. Um, I had uh, discovered that there was a, uh, a man who was the successor of Antoine Gadal. And Antoine Gadal was born in a place called Tarascon-sur-Ariège very far south by the Pyrenees, literally the Pyrenees are in your face, in your backyard right there, and he lives close to that. And this man, Mr. Gadal, having been born there, um, I'm sure was a reincarnated Cathar because he acquired books, manuscripts, lore of all kind, esoteric knowledge of all kind, um, in French mostly, um, which upset me because I just wanted to read everything. <laughs> Guess I'm going to have to learn French, um, and it was, and he put it together in a little museum there. So I called, I called this man up, the successor, and I said, "Do you offer tours? Or I'm really not interested in the tour. I'm really interested in the more esoteric lore." And he took us, and we were uh, initiated in these three cave systems uh, called the church, the église. Le Hermitage, which is the hermit, the area, and then Bethlehem Caves, and it made my trip. I am still riveted from that initiation into love by love. So, Norma, sadly, we're at the end of our time, so I just want to give you the chance to just a real very quick two sentences about how all this impacts us as the human race on the planet right now. The time of the feminine to me is 
about the wisdom, the, the, the Sophia, the dove, the wisdom energies that are about bringing the return of the great mother and the lover on the planet. This is significant to all continents, to all land masses in terms of their spiritual destiny on the planet to advance us as a civilization, to advance our position in the solar system and into the galaxy as people of, of principle and peace and love. Norma, thank you so much. That was a great little sum, summing up. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing and, and the, your contribution to the show today. It's been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so very much. I'm totally honored. Come visit again. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay, all right. <laughs> Cheers. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Uh, next week will be my final set of guests, and I'm so happy to have Steve and Barbara Rother of Lightworker.com join me on the show next week. And uh, that will be the last show before I do my own show to finish the series on August the 20th. So I hope you'll join me for the next two shows. I hope you enjoyed today's show with Norma Tarango. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.